0: engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it now the end abortion podcast by priests for life hello friends and welcome to praying for america it's great to be with you uh, tonight on this monday night the uh, 13th of february uh, we are gathered as christians as patriots, as people who are convinced of the exceptionalism of America. I meet a lot of you out on the road who tell me that you watch this program, that you're connected with RSBN uh, or Getter, which which also broadcasts these programs, or that you see them on our own Priest for Life site, and that you benefit from uh, this time that we pray together and that we reflect on the events of the day from the perspective of the Word of God, and from the perspective of the principles on which America is based. So I'm delighted that we're doing this again here tonight. Can there be Trump accomplishments without Donald J. Trump? This is one of the important questions that I raised tonight as a preparation for us for the 2024 primary season, which, because President Trump has indeed declared his candidacy and because others are considering it and may announce soon and because of the the heavy interest, of course, that there's going to be in this election, we can say it has already begun. And uh, in fact, that's the only way we win this election is to have in our own mind and heart that mindset that conviction that it has already begun and we have to act accordingly so i just want to raise this question uh here tonight of course we respect everybody's uh preferences in the uh in the uh, primary season that is underway now um but there are uh obviously uh, there is the need in these programs for us to discuss what are some of the tools by which we can discern these important questions. And uh, I want to start, actually, with a scripture that uh, is often used when we're talking about politics, government, and uh, the Word of God. And I want to go back to it because it can never be repeated too much. Matthew 22, starting with verse 15. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Let us pray. Father, you have established all legitimate authority on earth. You established, Lord, the authority that each of us in fidelity to you and in conscience have over our own actions. You have established the authority of the family. You've established the authority of the church and you've established authority in civil government. Enable us, Lord, to live in such a way that respects the demands of that authority and at the same time respects the hierarchy, showing that you alone can command and deserve our absolute obedience, our absolute loyalty. And that if any conflict ever exists between the laws made by human beings and the eternal law decreed by you, that we must obey God rather than men. Enable us, Lord, to understand how this nation was founded and the fact that our founding fathers acknowledged the truth that we have just spoken. Our founding fathers knew that there were two kinds of law, human law and divine law, And that in all things, your divine law must take precedence. Lord, we ask you that by a rediscovery of the fact that there is such a law, our nation may govern itself wisely and never transgress your commands as we exercise government. We ask this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Well, let's, 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 before I go into the question about Trump policies and accomplishments and President Trump himself, let's just look a little more closely at this passage we just read. Because it should evoke for us the memory of the first uh, book of Samuel in the Old Testament. Remember when um, the people were asking uh, for a king, they said uh, to... Uh, Uh, Samuel, uh, they said, uh, you know, give give us a king. The nations around us, they all have kings. They lead the people, they fight their battles, they govern. And Samuel's response is, well, you already have a king. He's the Lord God in heaven. And they said, oh, no, but give us a king like the nations around us. So the Lord answered Samuel's prayer and said, give them a king. And Saul then was anointed king. But brothers and sisters, when the Lord granted this request of the people, he made it clear that both the king and the people still had a king in heaven. The existence of earthly authority doesn't replace divine authority. It's supposed to act in concert with it. But because human authority is human and therefore limited and therefore prone to sin, prone to getting confused, capable of getting things quite wrong in terms of the moral law, one always has to have that caveat that human authority can never demand absolute obedience. The only one that can demand absolute loyalty and obedience is Almighty God. Moreover, if there's ever a conflict between human law and divine law. We have to follow divine law. Now, as I mentioned, our founding fathers not only understood this, they wrote about this explicitly. And in the Declaration of Independence, they talk about the laws of nature and of nature's God. Remember, they're explaining the reasons why they're separating themselves from King George. The laws of nature and of nature's God entitle us to certain rights and responsibilities. If a government thinks that the only law that we have to obey is the law that the government makes, that's unbiblical and that's un-American. And yet that is where a lot of people are. It's called legal positivism. Positive, not in the sense of positive versus negative. Or having a positive optimistic spirit It's positive in the sense that the human will Posits it The human will chooses it Creates it As, a, as, as, as distinct from Receiving it from God We believe in both We believe in positive law Obviously, you know, Congress has a vote <laughs> The House passes something The Senate passes the same bill The President signs it into law That's positive law That's lawmaking Natural law is written into nature, not just created nature around us, the physical laws that say rain comes down and so forth, but nature in in terms of human nature as well, including our relationships and parenting. I mean, there's natural law. We have to acknowledge that. And that has to always be respected. Otherwise, we're going to run up against the brick wall of nature. You can't just choose whatever you want to do or whatever policies you want to have and not expect any consequences. That's why in Deuteronomy, the famous passage where God says, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, choose life. Well, we have the choice of life or death but we don't have the choice of what consequences follow each choice. You choose life, you're going to get blessings. You choose death, you're going to get curses. You choose to adhere to the law of God as individuals, as families, as a nation, you're going to get blessings. You choose to depart from it, you're going to run into trouble. That we don't get to choose. We don't get to say, oh, well, I'm going to choose death, but get blessings in return. Ah, that is not part of the free choice. You don't choose death. You don't choose immorality. You don't choose rebellion against God and then get blessed. Ah, yeah, you have the, the choice, but you don't choose the consequences. So bringing all this perspective back into Matthew 22, the Pharisees, of course, are testing him because, you know, the people were resentful of the fact that oh, you got these tax collectors going around representing the Roman authority and and they're you know occupying our 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 land and you know who are these people and and yet at the same time you've got those who would who would um, criticize Jesus for inciting rebellion against Rome if he were to say no we don't have to pay the taxes so they thought they were putting him in a trap here but he said look What's the image on the coin? Now, you know the way that he answers this question, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. So the coin belongs to Caesar because it bears his image. Well, then what belongs to God? That which bears his image. What bears the image of God according to the word of God? Human life. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We belong to him. Now, if we belong to him, this is, again, where natural law comes in. The laws of nature and of nature is God. He's our creator. Declaration acknowledges that. In creating us, he gave us certain unalienable rights. No government can take them away. Positive law cannot contradict divine law, natural law. You can't take away the right to life, you can't take away people's liberty or their right to pursue happiness. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Obey legitimate authority. The New Testament tells us, pay taxes, honor the emperor, pray for those in authority. They are, Paul says to the Romans, ministers of God. But then give to God what belongs to God. Human life itself, the reverence due to people and their rights, the duty to protect them, and among those people who belong to God, Is Caesar himself. You see the hierarchy Jesus is setting up. Just like uh, Samuel and Saul said to the people, reminded the people, and God speaking through them yes, you have a king, but you and your king have a king in heaven. So give to God what belongs to God. That includes give him Caesar and have Caesar obey God, not just the people under him. Caesar has to rec- recognize the person above him, and Caesar must obey God. The law does not come from the mouth of the king, like the pagans believed. The king could get up, say anything he wanted to say, and the people have no input into it and no recourse against it. That is not the Christian or American view of government. You give to God what belongs to God. First of all, the recognition that human rights, human dignity, human life come from him, belong to him, go back to him, and must be protected in his name. Okay, let me talk to you then about the um, the main question I want to pose for tonight's program, because we are, for all intents and purposes, we are indeed in the 2024 primary already. And many people say across our country that they really appreciate the accomplishments of the Trump administration. Now, we talk about those accomplishments all the time here. We'll continue to talk about them because they lay out a vision for where we need to continue to go as a country. And by contrast, what the Democrat Party has done, the Congress, the presidential administration, has lead us in the opposite direction, right? To the destruction of much of what we care about. And they say, oh, well, yeah, of course, I appreciate the accomplishments of President Trump. I just don't like him, some will say. I don't say that. Some will say, oh, I just don't like him. Or they'll say, oh, his personality. Or he's got to be kinder and gentler. And oh, but his tweets and all oh, this and that. And the way he talks and so forth. But I can understand what, 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 what some people are saying. Some people that I know very well say the same thing. But friends, this raises a question. What is the relationship? between what he was able to accomplish and what he's like as a person. Well, first of all, uh, the first thing we have to extract from all of this is is the bias and fantasy and negativity of what he really is like. I mean, you may see and hear certain things, but this is a man who really cares about people and 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 so many people that I've talked to who worked with him day in and day out in the administration and in other contexts testify to the kindness and thoughtfulness that characterize this man. So the, the first objection, you know, to all of this is, hey, it, it slow down in terms of oh well, but well, this is his personality or his past. Well, but wait a minute now, you know, everybody has a right to their reputation. And you can't just pile on somebody with things you imagine or snapshot thinking, which means, you know, you heard one thing or you heard one story or you saw one thing and and all of a sudden that defines who the person is. Snapshot thinking is very dangerous and unfair. Okay, we'll put that aside for a moment. Do you have the accomplishments without the personality? Now... Somebody can believe in his policies and the principles behind them. You could believe in the policies and the principles behind them, a lot of people do. A lot of people who are in public office do. Otherwise, a lot of these accomplishments could not come about unless you had the cooperation of others in government. Laws, for example, uh, that he supported and wanted to see happen have to be voted on by Congress, right? The executive branch doesn't make the law. Congress does. So you have to have other people believing in the policies. But that's not the only thing that's necessary for those policies to become accomplishments. Policies are one thing. And they have to be smart and they have to be hammered out and they have to be uh, courageous and right policies. But many people, including past presidents of both parties, have believed in certain policies but just haven't been able to get the job done haven't been able to actually implement or accomplish or move the country in the direction of those policies so I'm making a distinction here between policies and accomplishments accomplishments based on those policies were historic under President Trump things that others had tried before or talked about before simple example moving the embassy to Jerusalem. President after president, both parties, had promised to do that, and they just didn't do it. Couldn't do it, wouldn't do it, whatever the reasons. President Trump did. He got it done. There's a certain let's-get-it-done attitude There's a certain courage being manifested there. There's a certain determination. How is it that for decades other presidents would be talking about this and saying, oh, yeah, it's a good thing to do. Oh, yeah, we'll do it. It never got done. Right to try. Now, right to try where people, thanks again to President Trump's accomplishment, can utilize drugs if they're in a, a terminal disease and they're in a situation where there is no other treatment available that they haven't tried already and there's some drugs that might help them but they're not fully approved because they're under experimental phase and they may carry extra risks and why not give them the right to try if they want to they're willing to accept those risks it might help them it might save their lives well in fact others had talked about that it wasn't like this was the first time the idea had arisen but only President Trump was able to get it done he actually got it done because he looked at what the objections were. And you can understand the objections. Some of these pharmaceutical companies, are: oh, we start, you know, having people try these experimental drugs. You know, our track record is going to look worse because there's going to be more people that it didn't end up helping. And so President Trump was able to, 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 to separate the two. So, you know, you keep a separate accounting or the liability. Well, have them sign waivers. And I mean, there, there are ways to do it. What does it take to think it's a good idea and then not be able to get beyond the objections of uh, why we can't do it? What is the difference between that and what President Trump did, actually accomplishing it? Well, I propose to you tonight, brothers and sisters, that the difference is Donald J. Trump himself. It's something in the person. It's not just the policy. It's not just agreeing with the idea. Others agreed with the idea, but it didn't happen it's the ability to make it happen so many other examples NATO pay your fair share what is it? 400 billion dollars that they end up paying by the way I should mention I've talked about this before I've written about this before others have as well I talked to you about Dick Morris's book the return if you haven't gotten it by the way Look it up. The Return by Dick Morris, President Trump's 2024 uh, comeback. He writes about this. But also Senator Lindsey Graham talked about this the other night in in uh, a couple of weeks ago in uh, South Carolina at a uh, kickoff campaign event that President Trump had there, which, by the way, I want to invite you to watch. You go to PresidentTrumpRallies.com, PresidentTrumpRallies.com. Take a look at this South Carolina event and the speech that he gave. But in in in, in that event, a number of other uh, Trump supporters in South Carolina uh, political figures spoke. One of them, Senator Lindsey Graham, made the very points that I'm making now. That you don't, you can't just so easily separate the President Trump. Now he was talking about, he used the word policies. I'm saying accomplishments. Okay. Many people believe in the policies. will actually try to pursue those policies and i'm talking about past present and future personalities in politics but 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 you got to distinguish between that and that that desire to do it and the actual accomplishment of it and people cannot so easily separate should not so easily separate the accomplished facts from the personality of the of the, of the individual who accomplished them so nato billion, you're going to pay up. You're not paying your fair share. Is it that nobody else believed that they should? What's the difference? He asked them to, and they were afraid to say no. They were afraid to say no. They knew he meant business. What about China? Standing up to China and actually getting them to pay us billions of dollars. You mean to say nobody ever thought that that was a good idea? He's the one that got it done. And what about Mexico? And did you see how he he got Mexico to help protect the border? They were afraid of him because they saw how he stood up to China. And they also realized how serious he was when he said, "Okay, well, we're going to put, you know, tariffs on all the cars that come in." And, uh, oh, uh-oh. yep, we'll send the soldiers. He tells these stories many times. You'll you'll hear them some more as he gets underway with his rallies in the campaign. He's making the point without saying it this way. We're saying it this way, that personality and the actual accomplishments are integrally connected don't think that just because somebody believes in his policies which again there are many good people who do and who are in the world of politics that that means they'll be able to do them those are two very different things the abraham accords how in the world did that work how in the world was he able to accomplish the abraham accord Accords and the relationships between the Arab nations and Israel, what other people weren't able to do for decades. Again, the strength of the man's character is a personality issue. It's not just having the right policies. The strength of character to be able to make people realize, oh, hey, but this guy means business and he killed the terrorists, the terrorist leaders. He got rid of them and they're looking at him and saying you know if 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 there's somebody that can we can trust his word and his strength then we're going to agree with him and we're going to we're going to we're going to give this a try this is there's a there's a there's an element here i don't even want to call it an intangible because the fact is it's very tangible and we see it and we experience it and we feel it friends don't let people say it's a negative. Don't let people say it's a negative. It's actually what made the difference between him and other presidents, between wanting certain things and actually getting certain things, between trying and actually succeeding. One other example, you know, one of the uh, stories I've heard multiple times from people who worked in the White House was uh, uh, there was a meeting going on. Um, between the president and various of his, his policy advisors. And they came up with a, with a, uh, a plan. I won't go into the specifics right now, what, what it was, but, you know, they were proposing this idea and, uh, and, you know, he looked at it and said, uh, you know, this is a very, this is a very good idea. Everybody agree. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, instead of going along with the, uh, uh, the idea that, oh, well, this would take a couple of years to implement and so forth. He said to the people he was meeting with, okay, let's go in the press room right now and announce it. And they were scrambling. It's just, well, well, what do you mean? And it involved governors, you know, signing on board to certain things and so forth. And he said, well, I'm going to go in the press room right now. Bring the, bring the, 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 the charts, bring the graphs, bring the information. We're going to go in and we'll announce it right now. Let's do it. You think personality has nothing to do with these accomplishments? You think you can so easily separate the two? Or with I, uh, one other example of ISIS, the ISIS caliphate, completely destroying the ISIS caliphate. Remember he told a story when he went over there in person to talk to the generals? Hey, how, come we have, how much longer is it going to take to do this? And they were talking in terms of, of years. And, and he says, well, how quickly can we do it if we wanted to do it sooner? And they said something like uh, we could do it in a couple of weeks. So, well, why, haven't, why, why, hasn't, why, why aren't we doing it that way? They explained to him that, well, if we do A, B, C, D, we can get this job done right away. And he asked them, well, the reason it hasn't been done yet this way is what? And they told him, sir, nobody asked us. Never think. That the best person for the job can be evaluated just based on what policies they sign onto. Never think that what shapes your choice for the kind of candidate you're going to support just depends on some abstract, conceptual, intellectual adherence to certain viewpoints or policies you got to look at the personality, not a matter of liking a personality. It's a matter of evaluating its effect on actually getting the job done. You look at world history. Oh, it would be nice if General Patton were nicer, you know? No. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be better if General Patton were nicer. Let's, you know, you know where I. I, We don't have time, but we're coming where we have to do our prayer. But I really get really annoyed about all this in the circles, especially of the church, and especially in my own community in in the Catholic Church. What you know. What a, a naive and um, simplistic and shallow way of evaluating things I so often hear when people are talking about, uh, oh well, you know, well we can't be uh, you know, I'd be nice. civility is the, is the greatest virtue in politics. That's nonsense. Civility is not the greatest virtue in politics. How about truth how about fighting for what is right how about leadership being the most important things civility and that's that's the best you can do about what's most important in politics this idea really is alive and well in the catholic community and elsewhere too but my goodness could we stop already thinking that we're going to win The kind of battles that we have to fight in this world today just by being nice? Let me conclude the commentary with four words. Give me a break. Let's pray. Father, we come to you uh, tonight with a deep resolve that we are going to speak in such a way, that we are going to vote in such a way, That we're going to work with our elected officials in such a way for this nation in the coming years that we get the job done. That we pay the price. Lord God, that we offend the people we need to offend. That we scare the people we need to scare. That we fight for the things we have to fight for. That we demand the things we have to demand. In order for the good of your people. Of our children of our families of our nation lord we ask you to uh, bless president trump bless all those who work with him lord we ask you to bless all those others who are going to be declaring their candidacy those who are running for other offices in the land their teams those who work with them we ask you just to pour out an abundance of wisdom on all these people and an abundance of determination to do what is right father also look at upon the prayers of your people and those who have been leaving their prayer intentions in the comments and also holding them in the silence of their hearts grant the graces that your people need grant health where there is sickness and clarity where there is doubt and just help your people lord and show your love as you answer our prayers we pray now For these and all our intentions in the words Jesus gave us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen, friends. Follow me on social media at fr Frank Pavone. Follow me there. Join me again tomorrow night. Spread the word about our program. Thank you to RSBN. Follow them at RSB Network. Thank you to Getter. Make sure you have your Getter, uh, your Getter uh, address there. Sign up for Getter if you aren't already. And Truth Social, of course. So many good things going on in the world of social media. Uh, and uh, God bless you all. Let's continue praying for America and praying for each other. Talk to you tomorrow.